Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I Am Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendeika. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merc Zone, Mike Merkel. Yes. And the returning, the Messiah himself, the Whale Man, mm-hmm. Kyle Budzanowski, graces us mm-hmm. with his presence. He had a feeling what we are going to be talking about today, so of course he had to show up. Yeah. Guys, we have so much to go over. NFL playoffs are in full effect. We're going to jump into... As of this recording, Saturday's games, right? We're not going to predict what's going to happen on Sunday because that's when we're recording the show, so obviously we can't predict because by the time you guys hear this episode, those games have already happened, but we got some other topics we want to dive into. We're going to talk some of the new XFL rules, which is, you know, the XFL, the new hotness coming in here in a couple weeks here, right after the Super Bowl. We're going to also unveil who the I Am Always Right Sports Podcast is going to be fully supporting in the XFL, too. We have a breaking oh, news yeah. alert going yeah. on here. We're going to explain our rationale with that. We're also <laughs> going to have another edition, the second of 2020, of the Merxo Mock Draft Corner. We're going to delve into some trade scenarios as well and see what's going on. We're also going to talk one more time about the college football playoff, the finale, right? We're going to talk just briefly on that for a hot minute. And then we're also going to talk Big Ten basketball, how basically no one predicted what the hell was going to happen, so... No one knows. <laughs> Not even Kyle. Right? No. Exactly. No. Let's talk right now, though. Let's jump right into the NFL playoffs, right? Two, we have one team, you know, we had upsets last week, right? Minnesota beat New Orleans, right? I don't know if necessarily Tennessee winning last week. Would you call that an upset? Um, yes, but like an expected upset. <laughs> yeah, <though>. right. <laughs> yeah. That was more yeah. sarcasm. Yeah. Talk about. <laughs> but uh, Tennessee yeah. beating New England last week, right? And now this week, Tennessee getting the win over... Uh, Baltimore, the number one seed, Lamar Jackson, it was in, you know, the, you know, Michael Vick comparisons were in full effect, right? They get the win there, and obviously Minnesota then falls to the Niners, right? Two teams that winning, both heavy run teams, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at their quarterbacks, Jimmy Grapple goes 10, 11 for 19, 130 yards, touchdown and a pick. That's not anything to write home about. You know, Ryan Tannehill of the last two games has got like 190 passing yards combined, three touchdowns, interception. Also nothing to write home about, but... They're winning. They're winning football games, right? They're both going to the ASC and NFC Championship game, respectively. What I want to talk to you guys about here and what I ask about is what what is what is the catalyst? Obviously, it's the run game, right? But yeah. I think anybody mm-hmm. with a brain could go out there and say, hey, Derrick Henry, we got to stop him. That's, yes. that's the goal. We have to stop Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Niners run the ball really well. We have to stop. Name a running back that they put yeah. back there. You know what I mean? We have to stop them, right? Mm-hmm. The, make them throw the ball. Right, because we got a better shot of doing that than we do them running the ball down our throats for thirty-five times a game. So my question to you, Mike, as our yeah. resident defensive coordinator of the group here, <laughs> yes, is why aren't teams able to stop it? What What are these teams doing that is just completely just going? Well, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Well, I think it's more of the makeup of each team. I think, yeah. and they're both very unique sets. Where I think Absolutely. the 49ers benefit from a very strong power game yeah so minnesota comes in exhausted five days rest having to go flip right back go back on the road to san fran which is a west coast trip for them also it's not an easy task at all to go there it's a five-hour plane right yeah and and they're and the 49ers just run the ball Right. Every single play. They're like, here you go. Just We're just going to run you down and yep. demoralize you a little Pretty bit much. until you Absolutely. literally want to die afterwards. <laughs> so that was their strategy. On the flip side, I think Baltimore yeah. would have benefited from playing in the wild card weekend mm-hmm. because I think they're the more finesse team. Yeah. They're more finesse running. Uh, they have a lot of trickery and stuff. So not playing 
a meaningful game for mm-hmm. about three to four weeks mm-hmm. since probably December eighth. Right. I think when they officially got into the playoffs. Yeah. And got the one seed officially. Mm-hmm. They haven't really played a meaningful game. Then they sat out uh, week seventeen. And then they had the wild card week out. Right. So they had basically about three weeks right. off. Right, exactly. Relatively. So then obviously Tennessee coming in, having to play right. up until week 17 to get in. Yeah. Right. And then they played the wild card weekend against the England. dynasty team. Right, exactly. So you have all these, from about week 15 on, you had playoff scenario games. games. Playoff games, absolutely. So they're just more ready. They were more mm-hmm. built for it. And I think you're starting to see more in the regular season, the, the airing the ball out, the... Mm-hmm finesse running is getting you there yep. because it's a week-to-week basis. You're like, right. listen, if we can't stop you, we'll go on to next week. Right. Where now it's like, we have, po- we have to stop you. <laughs> so now the power run is the reason why people are getting through. Absolutely. And that's, and that's something, too, I think that you're seeing the complete inverse of what teams are doing that was successful, right? The first half of the year, or the, in the regular season, right, the Saints – you know, even Kansas City to a certain aspect. I'm very interested to see what they're going to do today. Um, yes. the, those kind of teams where they just air the ball out. You know what I mean? 30, yeah. 45 mm-hmm. times a game. They say, all right, yeah, we got the run game sometimes, but they're more to catch the ball in the backfield. Where now you're seeing these teams that are 9, 7, 10, 6, the Niners notwithstanding, yeah. right? Because, you know, that you're seeing that it's all about ball control. It's all about the possession. It's all about, I mean, I think at one point it was almost like a 2-to-1 ratio in the game mm-hmm. between the Niners and the, and the Vikings yesterday where mm-hmm. you've seen, you know, the Niners just went, all right, you know, what first and 10, now it's second and six. Second and six goes to third and two. Third and two, up, oh, first down. All right, yeah. there's three, and there's another three, and there's another three. Oh, oh look at a play-action pass for a quick slant pass. Okay, and another three, and another three. And you just see them completely wear them out, which allows that defense – which mm-hmm. is very, very good, to completely just go pin their ears back and go, yeah. right? Because I think mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook had, what, nine carries in the game? For 18 I, yards. Yeah, for 18 yards, right? Mm-hmm. So they went in knowing, all right, we're still going to make Kirk Cousins try to beat you, right? So they abandoned the run. They forced you to be one-dimensional. And then all of a sudden now you're just like, well, crap. It's not like the secondary is any easier to you know yeah. throw against either. So the Niners had a great plan against Minnesota, similar with Tennessee, where you're just saying, we're going to keep the ball – out of Lamar Jackson's hands as much as we can, right? Yeah. Now, Kyle, I want to talk to you. Um, what What do you think, you know, what do you make it of the of the hate that Lamar is now getting, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we all talked about it at some point uh, during the year where Lamar just kind of came on like, you know, like fire and was like, all right, well, you know, he's the new hotness, right? Mm-hmm. And he's probably going to be the MVP, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson notwithstanding. I'm sorry, Mike. Um, but (laughs) notwithstanding, but he's probably going to win the MVP. He had a great season, right? Mm -hmm. And yet he gets shut down in the divisional championship game and everyone's like, oh, see, he's a failure. Do you think that he's a flash in the pan or do you think there's more substance to what Baltimore's got going on? I think, I mean, I'm, I, I think a lot of the reason why they, they ended up losing this game was just inexperience, especially when you have a quarterback who's completely new to this type of situation, completely mm-hmm. new to all the hype. But I, I thought, well, I kind of expected, I didn't really expect them to put up 12 points. What I kind of expected was if you make Lamar Jackson have to throw, yeah. then that's that's an, that's putting them in a situation where they're going to lose. And I, and they do have a marketing Marking room, I think, is a great runner. And they, he was banged I, up yeah. too going into yeah. the game, yeah. right? You could tell very easily. You could very tell he was, he was hurt. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of a lot of the success Lamar Jackson had being able to being able to throw, lead pocket throw, make great passes, whatever, do what he did. That's going to win him the MVP. I thought a lot of that came from Mark Ingram being able to run the ball, keeping the defense on their toes, and then along with just the the greatness and the I mean, it's right, greatness, right. but like the skill ability. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Jackson. I think well, that's the thing too. I think Mark Ingram benefits just as much from Lamar Jackson yeah. as Lamar Jackson benefits from. 
from yeah. from Mark Ingram, right? That that read option was deadly. Yeah. During the year, I think I think he's hitting where Russell Wilson was early in his career. Yeah. Russell Wilson was not a very good passer early, no. but he had a dominant run game right. with Marshawn, Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn. Right. And his first year, he gets bounced in the second round after being the Redskins in the wild card. They get bounced by Atlanta. Right. But their second year, they make it to the Super Bowl. But was it really off Russell Wilson? Not really. really. No. It defense was, was good. Run yeah. game was good. Yep. Ball control, right? And let the other team yep. screw and up. Then the, <laughs> and then his third year, he made it to the Super Bowl in the exact same way. Yep. Ball control. Yep. And now when you see the running game go away, now Russell Wilson become more of a pocket passer. Right. And that's why they're so the consistent. The development. So I think, it, I think the problem that Lamar might face is if he doesn't become a pocket passer, yeah. I think he's not going to get very far in the playoffs mm-hmm. right. because Tennessee, in their post-game press conference, literally went, if you just play Madden, we we did engage eight. It was a quote right, that they did. Right. We did mm-hmm. engage eight and man to man, and said beat exactly. us. Exactly, exactly. And we stopped the run right. and said beat us. And I anticipate Baltimore to invest more in the skill position players. Yes. You know, another wide receiver, a true number one, like Hollywood Brown, great player, yeah. but I don't think he's a true number one. They need a number one guy yeah. in Baltimore, right? That's something we can talk about uh, in the mock draft stuff. But I think that's a great. That's a great comparison in a lot of ways, right? And what Mike is saying by pocket passer doesn't mean. Brady Manning, no. where you don't leave the three air three yard area. But what he is saying is that Russell Wilson has developed into a quarterback where at any time, right, the throw is there. Yeah. Right, he mm-hmm. can make a throw. He throws the guy open. He can make. He elevates guys. Is mm-hmm. what we're saying at this point yes. in time, right? Tyler Lockett, mm-hmm. who you know out of Kansas State or whatever like that, everyone's like, who the hell is this, right? Now it's like, wow, Rel- yeah. Wilson to Tyler Lockett, that's mm-hmm. money every time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you know, I think that's a great comparison because I think that a lot of people aren't seeing that is that, you know, I think there's some building blocks for Lamar here, you know what I mean? The stats will always kind of be there, you know? Similar to Vic. I think that's where Vic ran into problems. I don't think Michael Vic truly ever became, like, a really, really, really good thrower of the football, right? I mean, he could sling it at times, but without the ability to leave, he always looked a little bit uncomfortable, right? That's why the Eagles always had more success with a guy like McNabb, who had a little bit of mobility... But McNabb could sit in the pocket and tear you apart yeah. with James Thrash as his wide receiver. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's some, there's a little bit of a difference there for sure. Um, pre- uh, let me let's do this, right? Have your predictions changed at all? Are you still with the Seahawks? Not knowing what happens today, right? Are you confident that the Seahawks oh, still get the? Oh, I mean, I'm gonna be confident <laughs> until, until they, they show lose. me until they show me otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going Seahawks, yeah. and I still think the Chiefs come out of the. Uh, AFC. Right. I said yeah. that since the playoffs started. Right. I think yep. I thought it was going to be Baltimore Chiefs and Chiefs win it. Yeah. Now I think I guess it's going to be Chiefs Titans. Right. And Chiefs still win it. Uh, can we talk about just for a second if the Super Bowl is like Niners Tennessee? How what of a weird game? Yeah, that would be. Would it be like all right? Well, we're about to see the most rushing attempts in Super Bowl history. But it's not even we could do the flip side. <laughs> and how amazing would it be if we see like Seahawks Chiefs? Yeah. And you just get Russell Wilson and I'm pay gonna, him I'm gonna put that ball I'm going to put this on the air right now. If Green Bay makes a Super Bowl, you're going to see one very unhappy camper here on the Ironwoods, right? <laughs> I, think that, I think for how much hate that you have toward the Packers, I yeah. think that would be a phenomenal game. Oh, my gosh. I'd just be so... You'll just throw the ball oh everywhere. Oh, gosh. I'd just be like, oh, I hate you so much. <laughs> All right. Let's jump right in now. Let's go to the Merck Zone Mock Draft Corner today. Um, Kyle, you missed last week. You know, it was the debut, new decade, new year, new mock drafts, as always. Like we explained last week, right, the Merck's on mock draft. Basically, Mike finds a mock draft that he has that he likes to scare me with. Um, 
different scenarios, right? This week, though, is going to be a little bit different. We're going to go over the first couple rounds, possibly, but we're also then going to explore a possible trade scenario, and then we're also going to spend a little bit of time debunking something, too, because I want to get some get some things off <laughs> my chest that I've had brewing for a couple days now. So, okay. uh, Mike, where, where's this mock draft from, first of all? Uh, we're finding this from 247sports.com okay. Okay. by my man Lance. <laughs> Shout out to Lance. Shout out to Lance. We're using your mock drafts. It is Not going to say your last name. You, you should know. No, it's a, it's a long last name, so we're just going <laughs> to... All right, let's go for it. Uh, it's a two-round draft, yep. if we get that far. Yeah, right. Uh, so, number one, uh, I'm going to hide my phone away from Rob so he can't see, because we have him guests on <laughs> yeah, this right, show. That's, yeah. a, that's yeah, the funniest exactly, show. right? Number one, who do you think... Joe Burrow. Cincinnati goes. Joe Burrow. Kyle? Joe Burrow. You both are correct. <laughs> Kyle's like, Kyle's like, please be right, please be right, please be right. <laughs> okay, number two, Washington Redskins. They pick. I'm gonna sit. I'll let Kyle go Kyle first. Kyle so can't first. copy all my answers. Cheater. Chase Young. Yeah, it's Chase Young. As it is Chase Young. Here's the thing. I, I'm gonna say this now, right? If you're a Lions fan, before we continue on, the Chase Young dream, as much as I want it to be a thing, probably isn't for one reason. Ron Rivera is there, and they don't have a GM. Right now. So they let Ron Rivera, basically, Dude, along with a whole bunch of other scouts, go, hey, draft, and then we're going to hire a GM. That does not bode well if you're a Lions fan wanting Chase Young. I'm just no. throwing that out there. So just temper your expectations and hoping that Washington doesn't do something weird. Yeah. I'd be willing to bet a lot of money that Chase Young is the pick. Okay. Just based mm-hmm. off of what I'm hearing and seeing, based off of the organizational structure on Washington All right. right now. Number three, Detroit Lions pick. Kyle, who do they draft? Okay. I want them. Okay. Out of just a pure excitement, not because I'm gonna smack not you because, we stand. Not right? because <laughs> it's, it's good. I want them to take two of them. I hate but that. They're gonna take Okuda. I'm gonna smack him later when we get off the air. We're gonna, okay. They're taking so they, they should take if they're staying at three, Okuda's pick. They do pick Jeff Okuda right. at number three. Right. Okay. So here let's let's pause here for, We're just, for just a second here. Because Mikhail dr- addresses something, so this is why I need to yell at him now. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm, I'm talking to all Lions fans. I'm talking to all 97 won the ticket listeners, especially. I'm talking to all of the radio hosts at that station because for whatever reason, you're all fascinated with this process. You either, you have two options when it comes to Tua Tagovailoa, right? If you take Tua, you are admitting to yourselves that you are not ready to win yet. That's what you're saying because you are letting the development of a quarterback happen, right? Because you cannot get rid of Matthew Stafford this year without a $20 million cap hit. Okay, that's my first point. The second point is, if you take Tua, you are saying you are not ready to win now, which means that Patricia and Quinn and the whole Ford family, everything they just told us that we talked about just a couple weeks ago where they're saying we expect to be a playoff contender, you at number three cannot take a guy who is not going to play for you. It doesn't work, okay? Whether you are a fan of Matthew Stafford or not, taking Tua at number three Knowing where you're at, knowing that your defense is 30th overall, knowing that you don't have a healthy running back to count on right now, and the fact that you don't have an offensive line, because let's be real, folks, Wagner's a possibility of getting cut. You haven't said whether or not you're going to re-sign Taylor Decker. You don't know if Graham Glasgow is going to come back either because he's going to want to get paid in free agency, and you don't have another guard after that. So you have right now maybe two, but for for sure one starting offensive lineman coming back right now in Frank Ragnow, who happens to be the best center in football right now, by the way. So with all that being said, (laughs) and you want to spend the number three pick on taking a quarterback, knowing full well that he will not play for you, 
right? And if he does, and say Stafford gets hurt again, God forbid, right? And he does, or they somehow figure out a way to get rid of Stafford, right? You are going to sit there and you are going to let that kid die because you don't have an offensive line, a run game, or a defense that can support him. So what are you going to wind up with? The same thing that we're at right now where you have a talented quarterback with nothing around him. And I'm not talking wide receivers. I'm talking straight the rest of the team. The rest of these teams in the playoffs, Tannehill, Garoppolo, right? Kirk Cousins, even I'll throw in there, right? All these quarterbacks who are not at the same level, don't get don't don't get me started on that. They're not the same level of Stafford, they're all winning games. Why? There's a run game. There's a defense. The other parts there's other facets of the game that are working for these football teams, folks. Tom Brady and the Patriots didn't lose to Tennessee because Tom Brady is not as good as Ryan Tannehill. Okay? I'm just putting that out there now. Sorry. Excuse me. I had to get it off my chest. Sorry. It's just the fascination. If you honestly think that the Lions are one player away from winning the Super Bowl, please tell me where you're seeing that. Because I saw a 30th-ranked defense that could never get a stop. I saw a team that couldn't run the ball effectively. I saw times where receivers couldn't get open. I saw times where the quarterback couldn't make a play. There's everything involved. But they're not one player away. If they were one player away, they'd be in the playoffs right now. Or they would have just lost. Like, if you're Minnesota, you can easily say, we're maybe one player away. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're New Orleans, you can say you're one player away, maybe. If you're Baltimore, you could say, we're one dominant wide receiver away, a go-to guy, from possibly being in the AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? With Assuming Lamar is able to throw a football. You know what I mean? You're not there. You're not. So stop saying Sorry, I don't want to go. It's not, it's not you particularly. No, I, I mean, I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah, I just want I, I don't care saying. if this crew gets ruined. I just want to say Okay, let's keep going. Kazi, Sorry, I, I, had to, I, had to, I had to have that moment to get that off my chest because it drives me insane. But continue. Okay, okay. number four. Uh, we find out what drives oh, insane. Good Lord. All right, number Stupidity four. is what drives me insane. Number four, New York Giants pick Rob. Oh boy. Uh, there could go a lot of places here, but I'm going to say Jerry Judy. I think they need weapons. They need weapons. They need Golden Tate and maybe Sterling Shepard, but ugh. Kyle? I'm going to say C.D. Lamb. Ooh. You both are wrong. Oh, they Derek Brown? Jedrick Wills offensive lineman. Oh, okay. Yeah, honestly, I see you guys up for failure. That yeah, one. that was no rough. That was rough. <laughs> yeah, honestly though, that's not that's not the worst thing. You got you draft Daniel Jones at eight. Yeah. Right? You got Saquon Barkley. You want to run the football, right? Yeah. That's not a bad idea. I just think that they could give them more weapon. I could give Daniel Jones more weapons. Yes. Which I think, as we all know, right? Pass sets up the run, run sets up the pass. You're able to throw the ball effectively. Yep. More lanes for Saquon. Number five, Miami Dolphins pick Cop. Tua. Yeah, it's Tua. They do pick Tua. Right. And that's okay. my draft. All right. All right. Let's go six and then let's talk about some possible trades in here. Right. And number six, LA Chargers pick Cop. Are you I'll looking you at the draft right now? Because I was, I was no, about this to be is so, different. I, from I was about to be so pissed. <laughs> no. You found your article. <laughs> no, that's not, not. You go. I'm, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say Herbert. Uh, they do pick Herbert. Okay. Right. So all right. So let's let's talk about this for a second there, right? Because let's assume two is healthy, right? You know, mm-hmm. and we talked about this off air, but you know, we're, well, let's talk about the possible scenario of the Lions trading down because I think those are the two prime targets right now. I think yeah. that if you if you have. Um, if you have hope that the Lions trade down, I think both Miami and the Chargers are two prime candidates, right? Um, Mike, could you bring up the draft chart there yeah. just to see? So just as a, just to give you guys a basis, right? This is just straight baseline minimum that they could probably get for trading down just a couple spots 
just in case Tua's healthy and say maybe the Chargers don't want Herbert. They want Tua instead. They know they got to get in front of Miami to do it. Mm. You know what I mean? The Giants probably really don't have any incentive to move, you know, just in case somebody wants to go get a wide receiver or whoever. Um, yeah. I think the Lions are a prime target because they know more than likely they're not taking a quarterback, if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. So, what, so the Chargers, basically, the way this works, right, there's a point value system applied to every pick, right? So, for instance, Cincinnati's number one overall pick is worth 3,000 points, right? So the Lions' number three pick is worth what? 2,200. 2,200, right? So hypothetically in this scenario, yeah. uh, if they wanted to trade down with Miami, yeah. they would need they would swap picks. So right. Detroit would go to five, Miami would go to three, and we'd also get Miami's second round number 39 overall pick. Okay. And that would equal 2,200 That would equal points. the same amount of value, basically, based off of this chart. You guys can look it up. It was, it was invented by Gil Brandt. I think it was Gilbrand. Is Gilbrand or Textream? One of the two. Either way, um, it's it's kind of a common knowledge. A lot of uh, every NFL team uses it. It's kind of a baseline. That's not what we're saying. Is that 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 is just so if people who are wondering what they can get down for trade down value, right? As far as an individual pick goes, it's worth those two, right? Could they get more? Absolutely, but at bare minimum, that would be probably what they would get yeah. if they could, if they got that. So, and for instance, say let's say the Chargers wanted to trade up to three. So the Chargers would probably have to swap picks. So yep. they would get three, yep. we would get, get six. six. Yep. They'd probably give us their second overall, second round pick, number thirty-seven, and then probably to add it up, would get a sixth round pick. Okay, so that's once again, right? That's just bare minimum. Now I know what you're gonna say. Well, you know the Bears got or the the Niners got a whole bunch of stuff from the Bears. That's the baseline. This is a baseline, yeah, baseline for us where it says, okay, that one pick is worth this. The Lions could go, yeah, it, Miami, we're going to need five and what, 17 is another one that they have or something like that? Yeah. What's the next one they have? Uh, in the the Miami. Round? Yeah. They have uh, seven, or they have 18 and 22. 25. 25? 25. Okay. So, is it 25? 27. 27. Okay, sorry. All right. So, in that case, right? So, okay, we want five. And 27, say, for instance, right? In addition to a fourth or whatever. So lots of fluctuation there, but obviously we're just kind of giving you guys a baseline because I think it's important when we go into this draft season, you know, everyone always likes the idea of trading down. What are you getting for that, you know, is for instance, right? I think that if they traded down to five or six, I think Akuda could definitely still be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think it gives them more ammunition, more throws at the dartboard, always, always a good sign. All right. That's going to be it for part one of this episode. When we come back, we're going to talk Big Ten basketball, and we're going to talk some other stuff as well, but I'm not going to say it because I want to be sneaky. All that after the break. Stick around. Hey, guys. It's the mouth of Michigan, Rob Decker. You've heard me talk about this guy now for weeks, and yet you still haven't called. I don't know why you haven't called this guy. He is the number one guy for all of your real estate needs, whether you're buying your first house, buying your fifth house. doesn't matter whether you're selling a property, whether you want to buy a property. This is the guy. My man, Nick DiStefano, he is the guy that you want to call for all of your real estate needs. I can't, I can't talk about this guy enough. I'm going to give you his contact information right now so you don't have any excuse not to get on the phone right now. Pause whatever thing you're doing. Pause your video game. Pause the podcast. I lied. Don't pause the podcast. Wait until the end of the podcast. But definitely give Nick a call. 586-556-0304. Nick at nickd.realty. He is the guy for all your home buying and selling needs. Now here's part two of this week's episode. And welcome back to part two of this week's episode. Thanks once again to Mr. Nick DiStefano for 
all that great support that you always do. Make sure to give him a call. Uh, let's just jump right in, though, Mike. Let's talk. Let's talk uh, college football playoff real quick because Mike or because Kyle wasn't here. Um, and then we're gonna jump into the XFL. I know you're excited about I'm the XFL. Excited. I know you're excited. It's okay. Let's talk about. I want to talk about this real quick. I know that the show will be dropping the day of the game. You know what I mean? So we're not gonna spend a lot of time on this. But Kyle, mm-hmm. let's give your take. You were not here the day after the Final Four where Ohio State blew it, <laughs> and where LSU completely dominated. So now we have Clemson, LSU. Who is your pick to win the national Which championship? Which tiger is your pick? Yeah. Which Tony the Tiger is your favorite? I'm, in like short, I'm going to take Clemson because I can't really go against Trevor Lawrence and his streak. <laughs> Like I'm like that's the safe. Do I I want to see Joe Burrow win? Yes. No. But I do I do I do think Clemson will win. Just like the experience. You're so hard. You were just like no. If honestly, if Michigan was in this spot, I still think you'd go Clemson. <laughs> oh, Clemson. so quickly. <laughs> okay, so you got so you got Clemson, right? Yeah. You got so basically, is it your thought? Because Mike's thought, right? And I'm kind of on your path a little bit, honestly, where. It's hard to choose against a guy when he hasn't lost, right? You've never seen what a Clemson loss with Trevor Lawrence, a quarterback, looks like because it's never happened before. Are you more confident that they, because of the experience that they have, is going to kind of give them the ultimate edge over LSU? Where LSU's kind of like, we got one year to do this because he's leaving, mm-hmm. so we got to figure it out. Yeah, but yeah, that's what, that's exactly what I was trying to say. Yeah. Is that like the experience that they have, never losing? It's been the Trevor Lawrence era. Like, mm-hmm. it's really hard to go against that. I Absolutely. mean, I guess unless you're like an LSU homer, you're like Joe Burrow, Heisman, you know. And that's fine. Team. That's fine. But, completely fair. But like, I like the, the smart answer is yeah, they've never lost. You know, their experience, they've been there, they've mm-hmm. won this. So that's just what's the spread? Right. I, Check the spread right now, I, real fast, while we're, while we're live on the air. Here, let's okay. see what the spread is, just to see. Uh, see if you bet the just spread. Just to see who's, yeah, just to see who's favorite. Real quick, oh, and then we're gonna move on. To the I know, I know, LSU's favorite. I know that, right, right, yeah, just by how much, right? Hold on, I wouldn't be. I wasn't ready for this. I'm not. Sure. They don't prepare me for this. I'm stuff. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I get these ideas in my head midway through these shows. Uh, LSU's favorite by five and a half points. Five and a half. That's a weird. That's a weird number because it's like it's not a touchdown, but it's like not a field goal either. Yeah, kind no. of thing. So you're like, would you bet that? No. no. Uh, like, like take your bias out of it. Just looking at the game. Well, no, because I think Clemson's gonna win, and it's LSU yeah. minus five and right, a half. Right, right, right. So I think if anything, I think LSU only wins by like up to four. Mm-hmm. So then subtracting yeah. five and a half, I don't right. think they would win. I think I think Clemson covers right. no matter what. Right, right. Yeah, no I just don't know. I mean, I think, I think they win it's a field goal game, guys. I really do. I think it's a field goal game. I'm I do very, very, very excited. Give me a final score real quick, Cal, too. We gave final scores a couple weeks ago. You can go back and listen to our archives for that. Rob basically copied me, so... <laughs> Kyle's gonna be like 72 to 69 because he wanted to say 69 on the air. <laughs> How many touchdowns? Uh, I will say 35 38. I think that's what I said. That that's what I said? exactly that's what, what I said. said. That's awesome. There we go. See, we're in sync. All right. Just had to touch on it real quick. Enjoy the game, guys. Uh, all right, let's talk XFL. Let's talk XFL now. Vince McMahon's new creation. What a maneuver about. it is. Um, we're going to talk XFL, right? The new league, right? Similar to the AAF that we talked about. Isn't it weird? We've been doing this show now a little over a year. We have now talked about two different football leagues outside of the NFL in a less than a year. Isn't that nuts? Oh, man. Just goes to show you how much people really like football. Um, the XFL, right? Vince McMahon, the creation Kind of going forward here, we've got, what, eight teams? Is it eight teams in the XFL right now? Eight, yes. Eight teams, right? 
Okay, uh, they're starting up right after the Super Bowl, basically right in the springtime. You know, we're going to get more football, basically, leading up, which I hopefully will kind of bridge the gap for me up until the draft <laughs> and free agency. Um, all right, Mike, so let, we're going to talk about some of their new rules. As you may remember a few years ago, some of our listeners may have not even been alive then, but the XFL, when it first kind of came out in the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, a lot of different rules, right? No kickoffs, right? You had to run to get the ball to determine, you know, who got the ball first and, you know... A lot of different random kind of rules that some of them didn't make a lot of sense. You know, they had nicknames on the back of their jerseys, weird stuff. The product was not very good. You got Tommy Maddox out of it, I guess. But outside of that, not a whole lot to it. Um, but now they've just come out and introduced some more rules, right, that maybe a little bit off the beaten path. So, Mike, let's get, let's get some of those. And then we're also going to unveil... The team? The team. We're the team? The okay. The, the team. Um, the do you team. know the team? I you know, know the, the team. team. Okay. Yeah, team. <laughs> okay, so we're first going to go with kick. Have you have you read any of these? I've books? seen a couple. I've seen like a like a summary of like five of them. I okay. haven't seen all of them. Have you seen any of these? So they're all new you to you? All right, cool. See That's fair. Even, even busy so well kickoffs will come. <laughs> so we're going to kick off from our own 25-yard line to start yeah. the game. Right. If the ball, everyone has to be stationary until the ball is either caught or it lands down. So no oh. one can, there's no running back. Okay. They all have to be. They all stand at the 35-yard line, the receiving team. They stand at the 35. Does the kicking and team just, have to – can the kicking team run? No. no that's nobody the, can move until, until the ball gets received. It's probably going to save – It's basically trying to, in, in, try to encourage kick returns. Yes. That's basically what it's it's encouraging kick returns. Right. If the ball lands within the 20-yard line and then bounces through the end zone, it's called a minor touchback, and the ball starts at their own 15-yard line. Ooh. Now, if you get the ball through the end zone, it's a major touchback, and you get the ball at the 35-yard line. Woo! So, like, you're almost forcing the kicker to kick it to you. Yeah. In order to so, they were su- that okay. rule is basically, to me, right. being like, yeah, you are going to. Yeah, we're going to do kick returns. We're so doing kick returns. special teams is going to play a huge part yep. in this, right? And Something the NFL is kind of trying to whittle away yeah. a little bit. The XFL is mm-hmm. like, no, we're. I think the XFL made a list. Here's everything the NFL does, right? Here's all the things that they do. All right, what can we do to be different? It's very similar to what de- like WCW did, Eric Bischoff. They yeah. went, here's everything the WWE does. Here's everything we're going to do different. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's very interesting to see the, the parallels yeah. there. And onside kicks are just going to be like normal NFL onside. Yeah, right. for, for the most part. Okay. Uh, so on punts, there's no more coffin corner punts. If the ball goes past the 35-yard line when it's punted, the ball gets spotted there. So say you kick it from like the fifty yard line and you're trying to like bounce, bounce it within it the one, one but no, this is only if it goes out of bounds. Though. So if okay. you're trying to like bounce at the one yard line and have it go out of bounds, so it's at the one yard line, yeah. the ball gets spotted at the thirty five. Um, so unless you like down it in the field of play, the ball right. will probably be spotted at the thirty five yard line. As well. yeah. Wow, they're very heavy on special teams. Um, extra points. There's no kicking in the XFL. All kickers are pissed. <laughs> yeah. So you will have a try from either the two-yard line, the five-yard line, or the ten-yard line, and the deeming on whether which one you go for, yeah. you get that many. You get one, two, or three points. So you can get a field goal extra basically if you go from the ten-yard yeah. line. So score. you can you can get Woo! up to a nine-point play in Jeez. the XFL <laughs> because you can get the touchdown. How go many are at the ten be decided by like two? I know exactly. <laughs> it's gonna right? be crazy. <laughs> Um, you have the double forward pass, so now a team can throw a forward pass, and as long as you're behind the line of scrimmage, you can throw another forward pass. Okay, I see what you mean there. So, like, so, there's not, so it's not a fumble anymore, so it's encouraging. Yeah, so you can go, like, if you take the shotgun snap and you throw it, and it's at, like, the line of scrimmage area, that receiver can catch it and throw it, so it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a backwards lateral for right, it to be another right, throw. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, overtime... Oh, I um, could see like a screenplay doing that. Where, exactly. Like, you let it, you throw it to the running back, the running back turns around and chucks it deep exactly. down the field. That's, yeah, that's, that's basically really, all You're really, screens. really kind of forcing 
you're really trying to. I see what the XFL is trying to do here is where you're really trying to get creative yeah. with some of this, right? You're what you're really hoping for through the XFL is a lot of big plays, like stuff yes. you've never seen before, right? Like kick returns are exciting, right? Trick plays on special teams are exciting. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things. So that's just one more like layer where you're just like, hey, there's a whole level yeah. of plays now that we can use that are so. Different. So now we're gonna go to overtime rules quickly. Yeah. So it's a shootout style. So okay. it's good. It, it looks more like college football, but mm-hmm. it plays a little differently. Okay. So team A and team B, their offense and defense are on one side of the field. Then the other team B and team A's offense and defense are on the other side of the field. That's weird. So they're on opposite sides. So this Who's team will, first. No. <laughs> yeah. So say it's like Lions and Packers. Lions offense, Packers defense on one side. Yep. Packers offense, Lions defense on the other side. That's weird. They do a coin toss side. Who goes first? Say the okay. Lions go first. And they just stand there and watch the other side. Yeah. So <laughs> one side's over here, right? They have the ball on this side. They go from the two yard line. They try to get so, a conversion. Right. If well, they, they get it, they kick it off and. If you get, I'll explain. Right. So you go for it, right? Right. If you get it, you get two points, and that's your first try. Right. It's out of five tries. Oh, then the, then okay. the other side goes right after that. Right. They go. If they get it, they get it. Okay. They get two points. Right. If the defense stops them, gets an interception or anything, then it's just like you lose that try. You don't get any points. Oh, okay. So the first, so the team after five tries, mm-hmm. whoever has the most points wins. That's weird. Yeah, it's like a weird like college football, college slash, football like, slash soccer. soccer shootout. Yeah, that's weird. Yes, I don't know if I necessarily like that or not. But See, that's I'm like be... that's like not like finger like whoop. Yeah, it, it keeps yeah. you. I think overtime's gonna be very interesting. Yeah, and then some other kind of minor rule changes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one foot inbounds for a successful catch. Not two. So like college, okay. Yeah, it's good college. Uh, they're it's, not as good. You only need one. It's a total. It's a <laughs> always running clock out uh, outside of the final two minutes. So oh. it's gonna be continuously running. Even on first downs. Even on first downs, wow. you're just gonna so keep running. Gotta, so you gotta they, be up quick. They want people to. They don't want. They basically. They wish they. I'm they, they don't want huddles. Stuff, they, yeah, they don't want huddles. They don't want defense. No. They want high scoring. Yeah. Big play. Like it's sixty to forty-five kind of scores. They have a dedicated crazy. ball spotter on the officiating crew, mm-hmm. where their job is to get the ball and spot it down where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And once the ball is spotted, you have twenty-five seconds to run your play. Mm-hmm. The second it's spotted, you have two timeouts per half. Wow. You have a 10-minute halftime, and this one's very interesting. So coach-to-player communication devices are in the helmets of all offensive skill position players. Oh. And yeah, because uh, you're trying to prevent huddles, so you kind of have Yeah, so you can, be like, right. you can be like, hey, yeah, right. wide receiver one, run this route, right. run this route. Right, Quarterback, exactly. look for this. Like You That's, can talk to all of them in the so helmets. It's almost like, wow, it's like backyard football, uh, but yeah. professional now. It's exactly. like, hey, uh, we just called halfback guy, but I actually want you to run a fly, exactly. and he's going to fake it, and he's going to dump it over. Yeah, and all of them have that same audio. Yeah, so, so everyone's like, all right, we're going to sell the run hard and yeah. that is crazy well, i think yeah, they're trying to add a lot of like excitement a lot of like the yeah they want defense NFL. if this no. could be seven on seven and be real football they would do it i bet yeah. i feel like you know what i mean oh no pass rushing fine we don't yeah. need to say any of that stuff. all that audio can go to the broadcaster so the broadcasters That's are gonna, what I was be gonna ask you. i was like man that would be really cool if we could hear that like yeah. hey like we just called xy zing two five wire yeah they're gonna have thing, all of that they're gonna have uh, so the broadcasters can pick and choose what clips they want to cool. use too. that's cool right you get in like oh here's this play call they just called on this i'd be a little pissed tony romo is like hey, i don't need this i already know what they're doing <laughs> Um, Romo calls like I don't even know. This there were no, <laughs> there were no coaches challenges. All reviews come from replay officials, and there's a guy at the very top that beeps down after any controversial play, 
and he's the one guy that decides what See, now that's, that's interesting for me because that is something that I think the NFL really needs to look back on again. Yeah. I think that's something the CBA is going to be hinged upon, mm-hmm. as well as overtime rules again. I think overtime is going to get changed. I have yeah. a very strong feeling where both teams get a shot no matter what. Yeah. I think everyone's kind of getting stupid. Like, I lost a coin toss, and that's why we lost yeah. the game kind of thing. Um, so um, I think there's some things like that, and I think the XFL, if they can provide a blueprint – you know, and this kind of takes off a little bit where people go, see, it's not that hard, NFL, to get mm. this right. Where anytime anybody, anything's even consideration, because they're forcing the clock to run continuously, it's a fast rate of play. So you can take that time to go, wait, you know what? Let's take a second. Let's look at it. Let's be, con- let's confirm yeah. it's right. And then let's go. You could hypothetically have a three-hour game, right. but the game feels like like it's you're going really into the fast. fourth quarter at two hours. Right. So you have all that extra 45 minutes of beef time that right. you can be like, we okay, can stop games yeah, for Let's make sure stuff. we're getting this right. Let's yeah. make sure that there's nothing controversial where it goes, oh, that should definitely have been yeah. past your parents. So Kyle, like to ask you anything that sparks your interest out of all these rules I just said. I mean, I not a certain rule, but I think like the general scheme is how they're trying to take away the like the boring stuff, like the field. I mean, other than like a game-winning field goal, like the, the like yeah. field goals and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they don't no, the kick, kick yeah. returns. Well, you can't you can kick field goals. Like if you're at the 30, right, yeah, you're you not can kick it, but you're not kicking extra yeah, points okay. all of those but so yeah. it's still like the excitement factor like after they score then okay now they're gonna do it they can they're get, like, trying points. they are trying to make every single play important. seem important yeah. that's what they're trying to do right the extra point everyone goes all right we scored cool let's go get a drink and we'll come back yeah by the mm-hmm. kickoff right no one cares right yeah. that, that's what the nfl tried to do by moving the kick back mm-hmm. right and we saw that originally but it's kind of mellowed out but now you're seeing this where it's like no you have to pay attention because this play it could theoretically come back to bite you in the ass, and now you lost by one because you couldn't find a two-yard play. Yeah. You know what I mean? So lots of interesting stuff there. Who Do you want to announce it, Mike? No, I think so, we should. Who do you want to announce it? Do you want to announce it? I think you should announce it. You so think like, I should? Yeah, I'll okay. Each person says one one word. Okay. You know, like, All right, so I'll say the city. You say the, the first, first part, part of it, and, and you say the second part. So listen, so real quick before we go on to basketball here. <laughs> so basically me, Mike, and Kyle, right – as a as the IAR family, as we are known, um, we went through every XFL team, and we went and basically we as a, as a team decided to jump on a team's bandwagon because there's not a Detroit team, yeah. right? Which if there ever is a Detroit XFL team, we immediately leave this team and join the Detroit one. Yes. that's that's the one rule. Yes. But we decided to uh, choose a team basically to support throughout this season as we're going to have to watch and cover it and all that good stuff. No matter we, what. No matter what. That's our team. Just like we're Lions fans till death, we're these fans till yes. death. Hopefully we chose right. <laughs> <laughs> we choose a team that goes all in. I know. Oh, and right. Wow. But anyway. The kick out really. Right. No kidding. So we chose a team based off a couple different criteria, right? The name, the city, right? Um, the logo. The uniforms, and if we could recognize any of the players, kind of. <laughs> in that order. In that order, basically, yeah. The, the actual team composition was least on our list, really. Yeah. It was really based we'll get, on... We'll get used to it. Yeah, who had cool merch, who had a cool name, who didn't look generic, and all that good stuff. So, mm-hmm. without further ado, the official I'm Always Right Sports Podcast XFL team is the... Oh, am I saying that? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> St. Louis Battle... Hawks. Woo! Yes. There we go. We did it. We did it. We did it. Big time. Big time here. Big time. The St. Louis Battle Hawks are the team for a couple reasons. Number one, we like the logo. Yes. Thought that was cool. The unis look pretty nice, right? 
St. Louis does not have a football team anymore, so it's kind of easy to be like, all right, well, I don't want to shoot for Chicago because screw Chicago, you know, yeah. screw the Bears, or I don't want to shoot for a Dallas team because screw the Cowboys, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's easy, and plus it's Texas. Nobody likes anybody in Texas. Um, a lot of good stuff there about St. Louis Battlehawks are the official XFL team for the I Am Noise Red Sports Podcast. They kind of match the color scheme a little bit. Though. A little Just bit, a little yeah. Bit. I think we have a little bit of a lighter blue, but anyway... Did you see on Twitter? I didn't mean to ask you that. You see that they retweeted a picture of a guy who got a tattoo of the logo already. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Like, should, they could be around for like ten days. And they could. <laughs> they could, close they down could have like half after, a season. After one week, they're like, "Yeah, this is a disaster." <laughs> <laughs> like, like AM, all of a sudden. By the way, we're just done now. <laughs> we're cutting everything. We're cutting it. All right, let's jump into basketball here. Um, Let's talk about Big Ten here. Well, well, the reason why we want to talk about the Big Ten, number one, Kyle's here. He wanted to talk about it, number one. And number two, you know, we're just coming off the Michigan-Michigan State matchup, right? Michigan State gets the win pretty much in a dominating performance, we can say. Um, but the more important thing we want to talk about is the Big Ten Conference as a whole. Now, I don't think any of us here anticipated the amount of depth that the Big Ten as a whole has as far as comp- competition-wise. Excuse me. You know, Ohio State, right up there. Michigan State, Michigan, Rutgers, Purdue, a lot of teams out there right now. Um, Kyle, just give me your thoughts on where you think Michigan State kind of stay, compares in the conference. Not as they're sitting right now, mm-hmm. but you know, going in we thought Michigan State was going to run away with it. Theoretically. Michigan may have taken a step back. They lost a couple guys, new coach. But then they start out really hot when that the – tournament or whatever, beat three top ten teams in a, in a very short amount of time, right? So Michigan was high up there for a minute. Now they've kind of regressed back to the mean. Michigan State kind of taking the forefront in the state, but they're not even in first place in the conference right now. So give me your outlook on Michigan State going forward as, we head in, as we're continuing Big Ten play. So with the roster they have right now, yeah. through the season until the tournament, I mean, I th- I think they have the best chance of like winning the championship, being the best team. Yeah, I know there's been a lot of good teams losing. You're talking about Big Ten champions. Yeah, right? yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. and uh, a lot of like good teams losing all around the conference. But the problem with Michigan State is if Cassius Winston gets hurt, then you have oh dead no but dead in the water. Yeah, you got, you're starting water. Rocket Watts as your point guard, like whatever his name is, five nine Foster Lawyer. Like you have you have a Xavier Tillman who's going to be your best player at that point, and which he's good. He's a good board. He 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 can score down low. But you have no playmaking. You have some shooting. You you overall, mm-hmm. but without Cassius Winston, like you you're gonna Ohio State or someone will overpass them. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like right now they're they're like kind of hitting their stride where they're, they're right. trending up. But if you lose him or something goes on with him, mm-hmm. then I feel like that all could just crumble very easily. Who right. do you think's the most complete team in the Big Ten? Most complete team? Yeah. Oof. Like you could lose a couple guys and you're still like at a shot for You know yeah. what I mean? Like complete. Because like I would say State's the best, but as you yeah. said, Cash Winston's out. You're now probably Cassius the bottom. Winston bottom is playing out of his mind. Yeah. Especially when he plays Michigan, dude. Exactly. It's like another level. Yeah. But like who do you think's like that team that you can lose, maybe your best guy for a period mm-hmm. of time or something, mm-hmm. and you're still there. I want to. I I want to say Michigan I, because I know Livers is out. I know they lost to State, mm-hmm. but I feel like I feel like since they there is that like absence of a, of a true playmaker. I know he's their best player, but I, he's not really a true playmaker. He's not mm-hmm. really the guy who's gonna yeah. hit that shot for you. Right. I I don't really know like completely a lot of most of the rosters in the Big Ten, mm-hmm. but I know that Michigan has overall the. Guys who can hit shots and dribble. You have Franz Wagner, who I think will get better over time playing college yeah. basketball. Uh, Xavier Simpson, he can't really shoot, but he is a great passer. 
He can dribble. He can he can draw. He can drive and dish out passes. He's like a Rondo. But I'm gonna say right now, Michigan is the most complete team because they just have. I think I, I think you're I think you're right right, but I don't think necessarily that that benefits them. And here's what I mean by that is that in, in this instance, right, I think Michigan because this team is extremely similar to last year's team, right. Mm-hmm. Because you don't have a guy like a Cassius Winston, right, to go to, Michigan at times, this is I think why you're seeing this right now, the struggle is because you do not have a guy who can take over, right? Yes. There is not, and hopefully as some of these big retirement recruits come in, and we'll talk about that at the end of the year, um, you know, as the team kind of makes up, we got a couple five stars, a couple four stars coming in, right? The, 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 the team is, you know, the recruiting level has escalated yeah. quite a bit since Juwan got here, right? Mm-hmm. But... Because of that, and we saw this against Texas Tech in the in the in the college in the I said college football playoff. I almost said the the Big Ten or the NCAA tournament. For the love of Pete, um, you saw where Michigan struggled offensively, right? Mm-hmm. And they didn't have an answer because there wasn't a guy yeah. like a Cassius Winston to go. I got it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Give me the ball, right? They don't have that one particular... Every national championship team, for the most part, has one guy or two guys that you can kind of point to and go, hey, whether it's Duke, all right, Jaleel Okafor, go nuts for, you know, eight games and go dominate, right? Whether it's State with Cassius Winston or whether it's, you know, Anthony Davis with Kentucky, whatever the case may be, some guy that I can go, all right, I need 25. Like, I need 25 from you. Okay, I got it, no problem. You know what I mean? I think that's going to... Hurt Michigan in the big time. I, th- I think you're right that they probably are the most con- consistent. The most they have the least amount of drop off between their starters and their bench. Yeah, but I don't know how much better their starters are. No, I agree. I th- like I look bench. at it like out of ten, they're all like six out of tens. Yeah, which is like solid. Right, but like State has like a ten out of ten, right. and then and like the- all seven or six yeah, exactly. or five like, out of seven out of tens in their starters, and then they go to like. Five out of ten's on the bench, bench but four, you're, you're but able to kind of mix and match when you have those guys in there, yeah. right? If I State think, if State had Langford, if he wasn't hurt, right, then I'd be like, yeah, for sure, right. Yeah. And they're they're they just, I always say State because State has like one guy. Like Maryland right. only has that one guard, right? I can't. I, I have to look up his name, right? But he has. They have that the one guard that's like amazing, mm-hmm. but without him, I think Ohio State's another team kind of similar to Michigan too. But I think Michigan. I think Ohio State probably. You know, has has times where they're a little more efficient offensively. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why I'm interested to see as the recruiting kind of steps up for Michigan, kind of on par with Michigan State. Michigan State is pretty good recruiting, you know, in basketball especially, um, where they kind of get up into this Duke, North Carolina kind of range where you're getting five star athletes coming in here. You know what I mean? I'm interested to see. All right, do we have that now? Are we able to turn to a guy and and make that happen, or are we still going to try to play this team ball thing? Because like. Even in the even in like the Fab Five time, right? Chris Weber, Chris Weber was the guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We need a big play. C Web, get the mm-hmm. ball. You know what I mean? Make a play. You know what I mean? So you have these kind of guys here. So it's very interesting to see this. But who wins the Big Ten? Right, I'm gonna say Michigan State. Michigan State. Yeah. Who, who wins the Big Ten? Uh, There's a lot of teams, man. Like, man I, I, I like Purdue even. Purdue's a hell of a basketball team. I'm gonna say Maryland. Maryland, because I think they'll have. I think that one guy will go nuts for like four games. I think the Spartans win. I think. I think. I think the Spartans win. I think the Spartans go in heavy, like heavy betting favorites for the national championship, and then they do something stupid and 
Lose in the Sweet 16. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One like Yeah, right? It's just it's something stupid. All right, that's going to be it for this week's episode of the I Am Always Right Sports Podcast. Thanks, Kyle, for coming back on. Sports. Coming back home. Love it. Mike, you're always here, so. Yeah, no, I don't <laughs> get any of <laughs> I have to not show up for like a week and then maybe <laughs> yeah. I'm more lost. I'm here by myself. I go, welcome to the yeah. I Am Always Right Sports Podcast. My co-host. <laughs> so that's going to be it, guys. For the Whale Man, for the Merck Zone. I'm the Mouth of Michigan, and we will see you guys as always next time.